welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, this week I have with me Seb Isaacs and Levi Epstein, and they are the founders of Inflow. So Inflow was born when they and Dr. Sachs came together on a mission to help every person with ADHD reach their full potential. ADHD, for those that don't know, is a neurological difference that usually persists for life, and conservative estimates suggest it affects 5% of the US population, costing nearly $15,000 per person per year. Inflow was created to offer another way, a sustainable, accessible, and cost-effective solution for those who need support. They want to help as many people as possible to experience the benefits of CBT and learn to overcome their day-to-day challenges in a safe and stigma-free environment. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So Seb and Levi, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing, gents? Yeah, all good. Thank you for, for having us. Yeah, thanks for thanks very much for having us. How, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you, sir. I'm doing all right. Um, whereabouts are you speaking to us from today, guys? I'm calling in from Belsize Park in London. Very nice. And uh, Camden in London as well, so close by one another. Yeah, we were just chatting, weren't we, Seb, about the uh, the queues around the block for Camden Market these days. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's insane, especially on a, a sort of nice summer's day. It's, it's it's one of the only things you can really do um, do these days is, is wander around a, an open market. Oh, exactly, a bit of outdoors, but Camden Market's great. Like I love it up there. Um, Cool, guys. So uh, first question we ask on here is for you to tell your story. So um, obviously you're you're in the early throes of you've raised money, you're building a health tech company, absolutely ideal to talk about the, I suppose, the, the early stage stuff of being a health tech entrepreneur. So really looking forward to getting into it. Um, so yeah, does one of you want to take the lead here and just tell us a bit about your backgrounds, how you met, and uh, yeah, tell us about about starting the company. Yeah, sure. So um, our, our backgrounds are quite quite similar. We uh, we both sort of met while while studying at university together. We were both at, uh, at LSE in London um, and were sort of friends from uni. Um, after after that, we both we both did different and and similar things. So I I spent a bit of time in the states working in. San Francisco um, and um, came back and did a computer science master's in in London um, and Levi um, also ended up doing the same master's um, as well but we were there we were there at different times so, <laughs> um, it was meant to be clearly <laughs> <laughs> uh, well yeah I, I don't know I think I, I always I, I was always sort of friends with Levi and he'd said great things about that master's. So it was definitely one of the oh, nice. factors in, in me doing it. Um, and we, we, we got talking after that. Maybe Levi, you want to jump in and. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just start off a, a little bit um, on my background as well. So I was uh, actually born and, and raised in South Africa and lived there until I was around 18 years old, then moved to, to London to come to uni that's where I was lucky enough to, to meet Seb at LSE. Um, and then I think after that, just from personal perspective, I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do after uni. Um, and then decided to, I already was interested in tech, had been for a while and decided to do computer science masters, the one Seb was speaking about. And then 
spent a year working in product um, for a tax technology company, which was re really exciting introduction to, to working in tech, um, but it just wasn't specifically like an industry I was super passionate about or interested in. And then I was at a AWS conference. I think I've spoken about this before where I heard Ali Parsa, who's the founder of Babylon, give, giving a speech. And I just found it incredibly inspiring and applied for Babylon on the spot. And wow. I spent two, spent two years working at Babylon. Um, I was on the team looking at like chronic conditions and mood tracking and mental health. Um, so that was really interesting to work for a company going through like um, a lot of growth at that time and learned a lot working with some amazing people there and I think yeah after, after my time there Seb and I were connecting and um, Seb, Seb can give a bit from his side but I had a couple of my family members who who had ADHD um, and my mom is actually is a clinician and who's worked diagnosing kids with ADHD um, so it's something I'd been aware of for, for quite a while and that's when yeah through speaking to Seb um, we, we got started and just thought it was crazy that unlike in other, other areas of mental health or other chronic conditions, maybe like diabetes, there was no technology solution bridging the gap, um, and, and making care more affordable and accessible for people. Yeah. But, uh, we, yeah, we, I think it was, we were, we were at some, some games night hosted by some friends of mine. And, uh, after that we went, we went for some pizza and, we were chatting about sort of digital health landscape and opportunities that were out there. Um, I think we just we just saw like a massive need for pers personalized care and how technology could really make treatment um, like more affordable and more accessible. And we, we really started looking into it, looking into it a bit deeper from there. And we were we were assessing like a couple of different things um, and I was, I think it was one morning I was playing video games with my brother who he, he has ADHD and um, uh, I think it was, you know, we were just chatting and it was, it was evident the sort of the, the real, the real struggles and lack, lack of real solutions that are, that are available. And um, Levi and I sort of took a deep dive into the space and I think you're just sort of blown away by uh, we, we, we started we went straight onto Facebook and we were like okay like how can we um, you know start speaking to as many people of ADHD and we were just blown away by literally millions of people in these Facebook groups who uh, firstly are there like I was just surprised just the sheer number of of adults um, parents of children um, the li literally millions of people and uh, joined a couple of these groups and started chatting with people and just seeing how how large how large the problem of a problem there is i mean there's I, I don't know how familiar you are with adhd but there's um there's sort of medication which is the, the go-to solution and, and to get the medication you need to, to have a prescription for it um and out, outside of that there, there's there's really little else there's so cbt therapy which is is you know very expensive and and difficult to get access to um and and outside of that a lot of people just feeling sort of helpless that they've got they've got no solution they've got no help they don't really understand what adhd is they suspect they have it or they were fortunate enough to get a diagnosis for it um and, and many stop taking the medication that the adherence rate on the meds is some some says as low as sort of 13 percent after nine months mm. 
which is which is just shockingly low um and and that that's sort of how how it all began nice um and yeah obviously digital therapeutics and and particularly changing cbt from that one-to-one human model to more digital means it's more scalable we've seen that in lots of different things inflammatory conditions like spamstand health and bold health and there's, there's lots of different people that are doing that for lots of different things and it seems that um that this is a, another very good version of that and as you say the benefits of personalization all those different things before we talk about the company i want to know more about the product specifically later but i just want to talk to you about starting a company and the early throes of entrepreneurship and how you guys did that I always think it's interesting on this podcast, the motivation behind people doing certain things and and launching companies. And it seems that in healthcare, there's so often these personal, very personal motivators behind people doing things. Um, Seb, you've talked about your brother with ADHD. Levi, you've said your family um, experience with ADHD, your mum being a clinician for ADHD. It seems that there's definitely and and clearly a motivator there when you guys met and when you guys um, decided to do this in that gap between the two, what was your thinking? Was it, we want to start a company. Let's find out a way of find, let's find something to start the company around. Or were you more talking about ADHD and thinking, hold on a minute, we can probably solve a problem here. How did that go for you? in terms of going from an idea to then the early throes of trying to solve the problem? I think, I think for us, we were, I wouldn't, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but it was like you said, it was a problem that we both had already strong personal connection to, to start, Mm. which obviously made it, made us increasingly aware of, of, of the size of the problem and how it can impact people and like in their, in a, in a personal capacity or in their lives, Um, which I think is a good starting point because it, it all really needs to come from, from a problem. And it was something that we were aware of and how it does manifest itself in, in people's lives. Um, maybe problem's not a right word, but like a struggle or a challenge. Um, and I, th- I think at that point, it just, w- w- once we were aware of that, um, we, like Seb said, we were exploring the digital health space more generally and it was something we both were passionate about. Mm. I've been working in that area before. So then the combination of two just made it a really strong motivator of an area where you wanted to dig into further and explore. And I think then things just started happening, orga- happening organically. I think the one best piece of advice I could give for anyone is just to start speaking to people. I think it just makes it feel a lot more real and you can start understanding the problem a lot better. So I think we were just on Facebook groups, just messaging like we'd love sending out surveys to people. I got kicked off the Reddit ADHD group. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we were just setting up calls and just speaking to people and asking them about how, asking them through surveys and, and having Zoom calls and asking them about their, their challenges with ADHD, how they were solving the, pro- the, 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 the issues for themselves, like how they were getting access to, to treatment. And I think um, that was a really nice way of getting started and just helping us Obviously, we had a strong understanding already, but I think uh, giving us the the ability to hear people's personal stories of of how ADHD mm. 
works in their lives was was really strong from a motivating perspective and they just started making the the business feel more real i think yeah well it goes from being anecdotal doesn't it to then actually being data driven and i think that's the value you mentioned and you called it specifically a deep dive into the space and that should be everyone's first port of call because yes you had the motivators yes you had this anecdotal information and yes you had an idea of what might work but that's the difference between an assumption and a fact, right? And I think that's what that deep dive allows you to do. It allows you to actually test all of your assumptions. And it's an interesting practical thing here that obviously for, for certain um, conditions, diseases, whatever you want to call certain things, there's going to be communities of these people. Reddit, perfect example. Facebook, perfect example. So in order to actually do some initial discovery with potential users, potential customers, why not Reddit and Facebook? You know, extremely scalable way of doing that to the point of getting kicked off. What did you get kicked off for? Just over-messaging people and irritating just, no, people. No, no, I just didn't know the, the rules of the, of the <laughs> Reddit community. To, to be honest, I should have read them before I posted. So that, that was my mistake. Wow. I, think, I think we're not now aware that those rules are notoriously very strict but uh but yeah echoing echoing what levi said i think the for us it was just taking things step by step bit by mm. bit you know what are what are our assumptions you know what what do is there a real need here can we really make a, a big difference and a big impact in the lives of these people and you know i think at the same time we also sort of fell in love with our um our community and our, our users and people with adhd and just so, so, solving that problem and it was um, I think it's actually one of the one of the main pieces of advice that that, that are in our that's in our program is uh, is to is, and sort of the, the, how how we've how we've built the product is to take things sort of step by step and bit by bit as and we we break down really complex um, ideas and and skills into sort of manageable bite sized steps and I think that you people sort of look at the beginning and then they look at the end or. Um, sort of the middle, early to middle, which is where we are now. And they, they say, oh, like the process of setting up a company is, um, uh, <laughs> is, is very daunting. But actually, it's, it was more just sort of step by step. That it was just the natural next step to, to create that company um, because, um, because like everything leading up to that was, um, was, was sort of done in an iterative and yeah. um, broken down approach. Which makes sense. And so in that discovery then, what was the what was the big problem that you found? I mean, you've mentioned access, you mentioned the lack of treatments. And obviously we know that that any one-to-one therapy is is met with huge waiting lists in the NHS and all these different things. I imagine with ADHD, particularly, there's probably, you know, issues with diagnosis and the amount of diagnosis is over. Is it underdiagnosed? You know, there's lots of different things that you could have found here in terms of what, what problem you wanted to go after. What was it that you found in that discovery? And was there anything surprising to you in that discovery? Um, I think that I wouldn't say it was one specific thing, but I think there are definitely lots of things that are like incredibly surprising about um about ADHD and sort of how, how it's evolved over the last, um, the last 10, 20 years. Um, but I guess what, one of the main things is, is just sort of the, the, sh- the sheer scale. So I think yeah. it's estimated between sort of three and 500 million people have 
have ADHD, that, that's something that, that most people don't realize. If you look at sort of adolescent diagnostic rates in the States, it's, it's something like 15% of boys, um, but only like 10 to 12% of girls. Well, wh why is that? Girls and boys should have the sort of same diagnostic rates. And then also what's the sort of difference between adolescents and, and adults? Like if you look at um, sort of the top clinicians and what they say, they say 80% of adolescents will also show some sort of um, struggles with ADHD going into adulthood. But if you look at adult diagnostic rates, it's about, you know, 5% of the population compared to 15% of, of, of boys. Um, and like, why is that? And digging a bit deeper, one of the, the, main, the main reasons we've seen behind that is a sort of lack of diagnosis for, for, for women. Um, sort of most people associate ADHD with young boys being hyperactive in a classroom, but actually um, sort of it, it impacts women in a very similar, um, in a similar sort of prevalence, but in, in different ways. And, um, and, and it's, it's most people don't really pick up on that. And if you look at the rate of adult diagnoses in the last, which I think between 2007 and 2016, adult diagnoses increased 123% compared to child diagnosis, which increased by, um, I think it was like 26%. And that's just like a, mass, a massive, massive increase in adult diagnosis is because a lot of women have come later in life, you know, they've gotten into university, they've started a job, or a lot of the time they've started a family and their, their child has ADHD, they realize they have ADHD and, um, and, and, and they go and, and try and seek sort of some, some treatment or, or a better understanding of their, their ADHD. So I think, you know, that's just one of like sort of so many things that are, are, are really sort of surprising. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think the, the other thing that, that, that got us going and realizing it was this specific problem to solve was just through speaking to potential members um, and just hearing about their inability to find something to help them effectively manage their ADHD. Like Seb mentioned earlier, there's medication, but aside from that, and on top of that, what else is there for you to learn how to manage your ADHD, to integrate new skills, strategies, and techniques into your life. Like what behaviors should you be adopting? How should you be thinking about things? Um, and then through our research, not through speaking to members, but just I, and developing an understanding of how powerful cognitive behavioral therapy was for ADHD, in addition to the fact that it was just inaccessible with a limited, um, limited number of specialists to offer this form of therapy for people with ADHD, and the fact that it's like $300 a session, or like you said, long waiting lines on the NHS. I think that's just when we knew that there was this huge opportunity. And like we knew in, in adjacent spaces, um, technology had been used to bridge the gap. We felt we could do the same in ADHD and make this care for, for people more accessible. Mm. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And so the, the idea then, the, the idea to make it accessible and more so it is is directly related to the problem, right? The idea specifically to then do a digital therapeutic that scales CBT and allows people to self-manage and all those benefits. How did that idea evolve with you? So I think we, we were sort of thinking about, you know, what could we actually do to make a big difference in, in people's lives who have ADHD? And we were looking at um, the research and what the research said and um, just sort of how impactful and effective CBT can be. I think it's, it's, it's aimed to sort of improve symptoms by one standard deviation, which wow. is, which is, which is, or a little over, which is, which is quite a lot. Um, 
and and I think that we also came across this other study that showed that the CBT can be really helpful both alongside medication and alone. Um, and that there had been some preliminary evidence to show that it worked from a sort of digital setting as well. And I think sort of one of the key assumptions that we had that, that maybe most people overlooked was that people just assume because you have ADHD, you can't focus, which is just like a, a complete misunderstanding of, of, of ADHD. And so I think most people overlooked the idea that you could have CBT delivered through an app. And that's something that people with ADHD would stick to and stay with and feel motivated to do. Um, and I think that's, that's partly through like an old fashioned understanding of, of ADHD and, and also sort of highly stigmatized, um, sort of highly stigmatized neuro neurological condi condition in the neurological difference in, in the UK at least. Yeah, I think what's coming through as well is you mention a lot studies, evidence, it seems that you've been data-driven right from the start and even figuring out, is this a good idea? Is this going to work? I imagine that's now um, sticking with you, even as you're you know, getting revenue and, and doing everything that you're doing now. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very credible place to come from. I think there are lots of products in the wellness space that can do a job, it's unregulated. It's difficult to find needles in haystacks when anybody can stick up something that isn't life or death on the app store and say it does this, that, and the other. I think there's a lot of noise when it comes to that type of thing. I think what's interesting and, and what's very settling for, for someone like me in the space is to know that guys like yourself are data-driven from the start, you're looking at evidence, you're talking about studies, and you're being guided by that rather than guided by a hunch or your own personal experience or your own personal motivators, despite how credible and relevant they might be. It's nice that you're thinking in that way. Is that is that a conscious ethos of the company? I think uh, from, uh, I, would say, I, th I think from day one for us, we were always looking to make sure that it was science-based because yeah. we Ultimately, we wanted to do something that had an impact on people's lives and actually help them improve the way they manage their ADHD. And we knew that the best shot at doing that was going to be looking at the evidence and looking what the science says in terms of what is most helpful for people with ADHD. So I just think it was a, a natural, uh, natural evolution from that point and something we've stuck by the whole time. Um, and I think for anyone looking to do something in the health tech space, um, I think always it's an, always a good starting point is like to, we started on both the member side like what people actually want and what they needed um and then also looking at what's available out there and what evidence we already have as a starting point i think i think so often our hunches are proven wrong as well that we uh that the especially when dealing when, when creating a sort of product in the in the health tech space it's so important to be data driven um and stick to the sort of right process to get to the right answer rather than just going along with a hunch i mean sometimes you've got to go along with your gut and say this is my view um but i'd much i feel a lot more comfortable doing that if it's not not sort of tackling people's um men mental health but but more sort of in other areas of life indeed um and i'm sure uh the the joy of 
ISO and software as a medical device and CE marking is uh, is is on your roadmap, but I'm sure we might get into that a bit later. Um, so talk to me about the product then. I'm interested. So um, as I say, I've I've come across and I'm aware of and I've seen and I've I've played with and used digital therapeutics for a number of different things. Not ADHD. I imagine you're one of, if not the first. Um, tell me about what the product does. Talk to me about if I'm a user, what's the journey. Um, and then we'll go on and talk about who's the customer and things after that. Sure. I think on a, on a high level, we're looking to essentially provide support in three key areas. So the one is psychoeducation, helping people understand their ADHD, how it manifests itself within their, their day-to-day lives. Well, what are the symptoms that you're experiencing and, and how's that specific to ADHD? Then, then comes the habit development piece. So, not only educating people around the behaviors and strategies and skills that they can adopt in order to manage their ADHD better, but also providing with a way to like integrate it into their day-to-day lives through habit tracking. So we have a feature called challenges where you adopt new challenges, um, which are essentially strategies and skills to manage your ADHD um, based on the specific modules you're undertaking that are focused on symptom areas like organization, time management, um managing emotions we have some exciting ones like managing money and nutrition that have just come out recently so looking at at different areas of 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 someone with adhd's life and then finally um we've also seen this clinically how important um community is for people with adhd we've seen group therapy be really effective and we know it's something our members want in terms of a sense of connection with others and accountability from others so we have a community aspect uh, to our program as well, where you can engage and interact with others with uh, ADHD. I really like that. And I think one of the one of the things that I've definitely learned of late about digital therapeutics is that they don't just solve the problem in isolation. They often have this holistic element to them. And I think obviously part of, and that's kind of CBT, but it's also a bit wider than that, I think, with digital therapeutics, because as you've said, you know, you've got this education component, you've got the habit development but you've also got community and connection. Now, you can argue that at least the first two definitely are addressing uh, the the symptoms of, of ADHD, but the community element is a value add. Like, however you look at it, that is actually holistically looking after your users, which are your patients, which is nice. And I think it's a huge, huge, huge value of digital therapeutics, um, which, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great way of doing things. Is there... Is there a plan to integrate any kind of reporting to clinicians, anything like that, and bringing them into the loop? Or is this more of a business model that's aimed at, um, I don't know whether you're freemium or whether it's subscription focused on the users? How, how are you guys thinking of that and, and potentially integrating with a health system? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, and I think we're, we're still sort of early stage and, and de- definitely figure, figuring things out. Um, our sort of long-term ambition is to shift the cost of, of managing ADHD away from people who have ADHD, but more onto, you know, companies that, that um, sort of suffer some of the, 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 the major yeah. costs associated with it. Employers. Um, yeah. Like employers yeah. is a good one. I think there's a, 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 um, a world health organization study, which showed that, it, it reduces sort of productivity by 22.1 workdays yeah. a person per year with ADHD. Um, but then like schools, colleges, health insurers, 
Um, and so that, that's definitely where, where we want to end up. Um, but, you know, as I'm sure you're aware, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long process that is complicated, different in different markets and requires many steps. And in, in the meantime, we're, we're, we're available to consumers directly through the yeah. app store on a sort of subscription mod, um, sub, sub, using a subscription. But, um, but uh, hopefully we can sort of change that or... Yeah, no, definitely. But and, and here's and here's the thing, though, right? You've got to when you're building a digital therapeutic, you've got to know it works, and you've got to know that users love it. And actually, one of the ways to test your own assumption there is to go B to C, because at the end of the day, these are people that will benefit from it, and if they love it, they'll stick around. Your daily active users will start going through the roof, and you're like, hmm, okay, or they're not, and you make a change, and then your daily active users does start to increase, and you're like, hmm. Okay, now we've got something that users love. I think that's it's an important point. I like what you said as well about we don't know it's early days. And I think that's also very true. It's early days of digital therapeutics in general. I mean, and especially especially for you guys, but it's it's also okay <laughs> to be early and to be figuring out the right model because as you're doing that, the product is improving. And I know, I know it will be. I know that there'll be loads on your roadmap of things to improve and things to change based on feedback that you're getting based on all the rest of it. And I think that's the exciting part of it. And when you do know that it's in a really strong position at its best, which it, you know, clearly is already going to employers, going to colleges with the confidence that it's genuinely going to help all those, that it is going to be sticky, that it is going to work for the maximum amount of people is going to deliver the most impact, which sounds like why you're in the game, right? In terms of that, in terms of the the quality, the impact, where you're at, you mentioned before we were started recording that that you're um, you're doing a feasibility study and things like that. You're in the early stages of revenue. So talk to me about where you're at now as a company, what you're doing. Touch on those couple of things and, and anything else that's going on at the minute for you guys. We're about six weeks into the seven weeks of the study, um, and we've been collecting data throughout, which has been looking sort of very positive. Um, and then next week we'll collect like post assessment sentiment post-assessment symptom improvement data um, and impairment data as well. So um, that should hopefully confirm the internal data that we've collected, to, which sort of has given us a lot of confidence to say that, you know, we know that this helps people. That combined with the qualitative data that from speaking to people and our users of, of how impactful the, the program has been and, and in, in some cases life-changing, um, Although for me, I, I still never quite believe that. I'm always mm. like, um, I, I'm always like in shock at how a a technology product can have such like a life changing impact, and and b a technology product that we built has such, <laughs> has such a, a life changing. That's, that's your own imposter syndrome catching up with you. That yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but that that's where we are from a sort of clinical perspective, and hopefully that will pave the way to potentially doing an RCT. Um, or something wow. of the sort down, down the line um, if, if there's a need. Um, and then from a sort of revenue perspective, I mean, revenue is, is our focus in, in the sense that it, to help us, you know, get to default alive yeah. and, you know, we, we know the company's in a stable situation. Sure. But I think, as you said, we're definitely in the sort of build, iterate, make the program really, really impactful 100%. stage. And 
you know, while we're confident that, that it's helpful and impactful, I'm, sh- I'm sure we can make it a lot, a lot better. As you say, in terms of the business model, it's, it's, it's so, such early days for digital therapeutics in general. I think even like established players are trying to figure out whether they've got the right model. You, there's, you can sell through payers, employers. Um, I think pharmaceutical companies are looking to sort of get into the game as well. Um, and Germany came out with a really interesting mo- model um, with their with their digital health app. So um, there definitely are lots of avenues to explore. And I think one of the advantages with with where where we're situated is that the um, they're just ADHD. Unfortunately, ADHD impacts uh, so so. I mean, unfortunately, it, it impacts you know so many different people in such different areas of of life that you know we've got schools and colleges to look at as well as employers as well as people directly so i think we we definitely have a lot of options available to us and i think we just need to do another couple of deep deep dives and and really um figure out where where the best place to be is yeah definitely and i think that is a really interesting point about adhd specifically in that there are quite a lot of people that you could argue would pay for this. And I think that does give you a bit of flexibility in terms of how you go about building the right model. And I, as I say, I completely agree with you that to be completely and utterly hard on one particular business model at this point would just be ludicrous when the, the big players themselves are experimenting it makes complete sense it's not just you two that are building well it might be but you might tell me otherwise it's not just you two that are doing everything right so there's people building the product there's obviously clinical advice coming in from somewhere tell me who is in the team who's making this all happen for you so yeah i think we have a fantastic team behind us um it's also really fun fact is that over Half of the members of our team have some form of neurodiversity, which just means we're even closer to the problem. Oh, wow. Um, that's interesting. And um, really have a team that's passionate about um, a, a, about the product and the program. Um, so, yeah, I guess firstly would be our co-founder, Dr. Sachs. Um, he's a clinical psychologist based in New York who has over 10 years experience Um helping people um, with a, adults and adults, children and adolescents with ADHD. Um, and then alongside Dr. Sachs, from a clinical perspective, we have some fantastic advisors um, who are two of the top five leading academics in the space um, for ADHD. So Dr. Laura Naus and Dr. Lydia Zalowska, who have been immensely helpful in helping us build out the program. Um, and then, yeah, we have... Um, other than that, just a great team of engineers. Um, we had just recently brought on a fantastic ADHD coach as our community lead um, called Sam Finch, who's got a great understanding of the space and, yeah, been helping us build our community further and work with uh, Dr. Sachs on the content. Awesome. One thing actually I was going to ask you, um, what I found with with some digital health companies, um, digital therapeutics. You mentioned that you've you've got someone in coaching that's come on board. Often to make digital therapeutics sticky, there is this kind of, not backup layer, but it's often a value add layer or, or it's a layer anyway that can come in of actual human interaction. 
it changes the business model because obviously the unit economics completely changes because it can be quite expensive, but there's often significant clinical uh, benefit. It can make things stickier, things like that. Is that something that you guys are looking at, considering, have considered? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to take that. So I think for us right now, we want to just make sure for us, it's always been motivating to make, to make, our program as scalable as possible and get yeah. it in the hands of as many people as we can. So we often are aware of just like how we can be constrained by having too many humans in the loop. Mm. One thing we've started experimenting for now with for now, which we've got some great feedback from and it's really exciting is live events with ADHD coaches and with our clinical psychologist, Dr. Sam. Oh, cool. So every week we have a few live events going. I think it, builds out that sense of community and connection and accountability from others even further, which is great because you're alongside others there. Um, so we have live Q and a sessions a few times a week. We have deep dives on specific topics a few times a week through live events. We've started trialing group meditation, group decluttering sessions, um, and, and going to be trialing out some group co-working sessions next week. So I think it's making, making things feel more alive and we've, starting to experiment with that and get some really good feedback. Um, and I think that also provides us with a scalable way of doing it and making mm -hmm. sure we don't limit ourselves in, in giving access to as many people as we can. Our mission is, is to help every person with ADHD reach their full potential. So we just want to make sure we don't limit ourselves in doing that. Good for you. A final question before we wrap up. Um, it's often the elephant in the room with, with uh, you know, early stage startups. You've raised money. We know that raising money is hard. We've done it to death on this podcast. Um, quickly, though, how was the raising process for you guys? Hard. It was long. We had loads of rejections, but eventually someone believed in it. <laughs> I think I think with, uh, with any raise, it sort of has its ups and downs um, <laughs> yeah. that you sort of, you get you get excited you get let down i think for us you know um we were we were really lucky in the sense that we had you know really good network of people um and got put in touch with people that really believed in 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 what, what we're trying to do um mm. and not only sort of just saw an opportunity here but believe that we can we can help a lot of people um in, in what we're doing and so i think from from that perspective um we we're we're def we're definitely lucky um but yeah as as with any raise it has its ups and downs and um <laughs> it, it ca can be quite long I, I think for us it wasn't too long i think it was it was like over three months maybe wow, a bit less that's pretty good but um what what did you have at the point of going to raise money did you have mvp did you have prototype what did you have when you were going or just an idea so we were already had started building and we had a yeah. wait list um quite yeah. a large wait list that we had already built up with some strong strong validation showing member interest i think and then obviously we had a good good team behind us with a lot of experience in the space and there you go so it's not just me that says this for the early stage listeners that get in touch you do need that stuff when you're going to raise um cool guys um it's it's been a pleasure um the one thing that Thank i would you. also We've really enjoyed it the, the well the, before i wrap up the one thing i would also say you've mentioned luck a couple of times i think yeah there's an element of being lucky but you can also make your own luck as well i think the you know meeting a co-founder we know is not easy fine it, it it's not easy and you can rely on luck but going to lse uh you know you put yourself in a pretty good position to meet someone that's similarly ambitious that's similarly 
uh, minded to start a company and, and potentially, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur and all those different things. So, you know, putting yourself in the right position for these things is important. You know, you talked about network with raising money as well, you know, having been London School of Economics, I'm sure that network has helped and all those different things. And so it's one example of putting yourself in the right place at the right time and just maximizing yourself um, or maximizing your ability to, to be lucky. I think you can make your own luck in that scenario. Um, but yeah, listen, guys, absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing. I think, honestly, digital therapeutics um, are a huge, huge fan of them for their scalability and their ability to kind of scale that one-to-one, uh, the one-to-one services, particularly in CBT. I think ADHD is clearly a place where they can add a lot of value. You're already seeing that value in, in your early users and customers. Um, and I look forward to following you guys and see what happens. Um, I think you've got a really healthy attitude when it comes to building out your business model. Um, experimental, seeing what works, making sure that you're delivering a product that people love. You're working that out through the B2C model. And um, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before those employers want that 22% lack of productivity to be uh, a bit a, <laughs> a bit less offensive. So um, yeah, all the best with what you're doing, gents. And um, I look forward to catching up probably in about a year's time. We'll get you back on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank, thanks for your time and, and really enjoyed being being on the podcast with you as well. Yeah, it was a, was a pleasure. Lots of fun. Thank you, James. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.